When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse for a free trial membership. This is Writing Excuses, episode N plus one, rewriting. 15 minutes long because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Dan. I'm Howard. And joining us as special guests here in front of this live studio audience is Dave Wolverton and Tracy Hickman. (laughs) Fantastic. And a live studio audience that will make some noise. There is a small digital recorder sitting in front of us whose little red lights all blinked and said, too loud, too loud. We've been joined by a crowd full of white noise. Thank you. (laughs) We want to talk about rewriting today. We had a a listener request for this topic. And uh, as it happens, Dave Wolverton has just uh, taught a class on that topic uh, at this conference. Dave, why don't we start with you? Tell us about rewriting. Where do you start? Sure. Well, first of all, I want people to recognize that when you write, your very first draft, generally you're you're trying to find your story very often. You're trying to discover your themes. You're trying to figure out who this character really is. And so you have a lot of little inconsistencies. You have places where the story line may be weaker than you imagined. Um, And even very fine writers do terrible first drafts in some cases. I'll give you an example. I have a a friend who's a multiple Hugo and Nebula Award winner a few years ago. Uh, He sent a copy of a manuscript. He says, this is my first draft of this book. Um, Take a look at it and tell me if there's anything you like in here. What he sent me was um, about 40 different openings to a novel written from different character viewpoints in different uh, settings and different times. And he was just trying to figure out, what in the heck am I going to write about? And uh, and I said, you know, I like this one over here, and I like that one and that one. Uh, He didn't write about any of them. Um, He ended up publishing the novel. It was a great novel. It was up for Hugo's and Nebula's once again. Um, but, But, you know, what you have to realize is that you need to learn how to rewrite to greatness, okay? So the first step is to recognize that there are all sorts of things that you need to do. And the very first thing that you need to do is the high-level edit, okay? It's called triage editing. Triage editing occurs when you take a look at your manuscript and you say, okay, what's broken? What needs to be fixed? 
And maybe the first thing you look at is, what needs to be added? What things did I discover about this character, about his background, that I, do I need to bring out more clearly? Or what high points do I have in the story? When I get to my, when I get to my climax in the story, um, what needs to happen that needs to take this over the top and make it even more emotionally powerful? This, this is by far my favorite phase of, of revision. It is. is it's doing fun. this. It's lots of fun to look at a story and figure out, you know, because you get to really play with it. You have all these yeah. characters in place and you get to move them around. The, the book that I just sold to Tor, The Hollow City, after a couple of drafts, I realized, wait a minute, this needs an all new character. And so I added a completely new character in and had to fit her into several scenes that had never, you know, she wasn't in and all new scenes that were centered around her. And it made the book work. Yeah. But I had to take that high level kind it's of triage concept. What, what do you have to put in? What do you have to pull out? Do you have excess characters or excess scenes or, you know, uh, little false starts where you have to change them? I had excess boring. Excess boring. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. the bonus story that I'm working on right now for uh, Schlock Mercenary uh, Emperor Pius Day, uh, the, the bonus story, I wanted to tell a Sherlock Holmes-ish story in a science fiction setting. Um, there were a couple of characters that I thought would be really fun for this. Uh, the, the planet they were on seemed like a fun planet. And, and, you know, I had a nice setting, and then I realized that fundamentally, in comic book format, Sherlock Holmes is boring because nothing blows up until the last page. <laughs> and I, I looked at this and looked at this and looked at this, and it broke my heart. I spent three months delaying the release of a comic book that I really need to sell and, you know, make money off of. Uh, and finally, about a month ago, I said, oh, I just need to throw this whole story away and start again. And when I started again, I was able to use the Sherlock Holmes story, the interesting pieces, there are about four of them, um, I was able to use the interesting pieces as inserts in a story that has many, many more things exploding. But yeah, this was triage. And in this case, the triage was, I can't save this patient, but he will make an excellent organ donor. <laughs> And now his story has exactly the right amount of boring. That's right. But that's your first level of edit. So what, what do I have to throw out? What do I have to add in? What do I have to change? Okay. Um, there's no sense going and worrying about your wording and your punctuation and things like that when you have those major, major problems that you've got to deal with. So first step. Tracy? Well, I was just thinking how very much like sculpting that is at that point. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. You get to the point uh, in that first draft when you're just hammering on stone, trying to find some form and some shape in there. But when you get to that first pass at it on your manuscript, that is a really fun time because now you can see the form take shape, and you can and and it's. It, by taking a little bit away here and a little bit away there, you know, much like Michelangelo said, you know, I just take away the parts that aren't the beautiful statue, and, and that's how I come up with the statue. And that's very much what that is when you get to that point. Is, is, and that is a fun part, because you do get to see the form start to take shape and, and, and can craft it and, and, and mold it a little bit in your hands. Then you get to the subsequent edits, and it gets kind of painful, but that, but that first pass is, is an awful lot of fun. But you've got to ha you have to have that. There, there is no one, I'm convinced, there is no writer anywhere that does not need an edit. There is no writer in the world that doesn't need somebody to just pour red ink on the page. <laughs> and truthfully, as writers, and this is a piece of advice that I like to give, as writers, you should love people who buy red ink by the gallon. 
And that is because those editors who are going to who are going to take your child and bleed that child. Those editors who, who draw all over your manuscript and, and, and pour red ink on your manuscript are the only people who are going to see how bad you are as a writer. Because once they're done, it'll be a polished, beautiful piece of work. And that's what you want published. You want a beautiful piece of work published, and the editor is going to get you there. And the only people who are going to know the mistakes that you made along the way, and the problems that you had writing there, um, are going to be those, are, are going to be that editor. They're, well, and the people following your Twitter feed. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is one of the great things about being in a writing group with Brandon Sanderson is because, you know, you all love his books. I know that they're great. I love them as well. Ooh. I get to read his first drafts and they're just as awful as everyone else's. <laughs> And it's so great, you know, to see Way of Kings and it's, you know, five inches of titanium binding or whatever and think, you know, he's so good and he's so successful and then read the, you know, the first draft of his next one and you're like, really, dude? I, no, Ed, you know, as long as Brandon can't be with us, we might as well tell stories. <laughs> The, uh, uh, he and I were at the gym and he was talking about the pitch for Way of Kings, you know, pitching it to Tom Doherty and he described the pitch to me and a little part of, a little part of my brain said, really? Really? Are you going to try and sell ten books on that? Are you serious? Um, and, then I, and then I read it and uh, you know, I actually read the book and realized that, you know, if that pitch that he gave me was an acorn he managed through rewrite and refinement to grow a mighty space elevator. <laughs> the, the, the best quote I've ever heard on this, and I think it was from Anita Stansfield, is she said that uh, your first draft is for what you want to say, but your final draft is for how you want to say it. And those are completely different things, and you need to get from one to the other. I think my favorite quote on that said that we, we, write, we write from the heat of our passion, but we edit to see the fire through the smoke. Very nice. We're going to break now for our book of the week. Hey, writers. Are you thinking about learning a new language? I think exploring the world, experiencing other cultures, and being able to communicate with people outside your everyday experience lets you create richer, better stories. A great way to do that is with Rosetta Stone, a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. They use an immersive technique, which leads to fast language acquisition. It's an intuitive process that helps you really learn to speak, listen, and most of all, think in the language you're trying to learn. They also feature true accent speech recognition technology that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's like having a voice coach in your home. Learn at home or on the go with a desktop and mobile app that let you download and access lessons even when you're offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership gives you access to all 25 languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Japanese, and, of course, Korean. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Writing Excuses listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Our book of the week is Dragons of the Dwarven Depths, The Lost Chronicles, Volume 1 by Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman. The companions are back in this first volume, which features an untold story from the War of the Lance. Tannis, Raistlin and Caramon, Sturm, Brightblade, Tasselhoff and Flint Fireforge, old friends such as Riverwind and Goldmoon and Lorana. Old enemies are here, as the companions encounter new adventures and new dangers in the very beginning months of the War of the Lance. Visit audiblepodcast.com excuse to kick off a 14-day free trial, and you can have a listen to Dragons of the Dwarven Depths, The Lost Chronicles, Volume 1. And we're back! <laughs> I'm All right. so moved by that. <laughs> All right. You know what, these, these heads, Tracy, are going to have a really hard time living up to... Uh... No, the joke's on him when we put something awesome in there. <laughs> Specifically designed right. to make that comment. Tracy, how many, how many of the Dragonlance books are on audio right now? Oh, a lot. Okay. Well, <laughs> I think we may have our pick. <laughs> All right. So we've talked about high-level editing, triage editing. Dave, what is next? You know, there's there's what I call my shotgun edit, and that's where I simply go through, I do a read-through, and I look for anything. You that, will marry this book. This, <laughs> that, no, this is this is this is where I go through, and it's sort of a scattergun approach. But I like, what is wrong here? You know, is there anything that just needs to be made better? And it may be that um, maybe I've got a character who uh, um, I, I look at it and I go, okay, this character um, needs to uh, be consistent in the way that he thinks, okay? Um, I have him being angry about this one thing here and being resolved with the problem later on. And you know, and then I go over here and I go, you know, I'm using a lot, a lot of words and wuzzes. Uh, and uh, oh my gosh, you know, there's a dreaded uh, L-Y adverb. Um, you know, and so I go through very often, and I start making lists of things that I want to change. Page 246, line 23, um, fix this, and I might get uh, 200 things in, in it. And so for me, that is one level of edit. It's just going through and looking for general problems, uh, sort of giving it a fresh read. When I point. when I go through that edit, I do it on paper. Uh huh. I, I don't, you know, I write it on the computer, and I, I found the keys. Howard. That's our audio engineer, Jordan Sanderson. Yeah. That's why he didn't teach a class on turning your cell phone off in a phone. While Howard is taking his phone call. <laughs> When when I do when I do that edit, I always do it on paper. I write the book on the computer, and I go ahead and and uh, and do so on the keyboard, and go. Ahead. But then I print it out um, because a book is a holistic thing. It's a whole thing. It's of a piece, and you cannot deal with it just simply one screen at a time in a linear form. So at that point, I always like to have the manuscript as a whole in front of me, and then I have to have my pen in hand and go through it, and yes, bleed all over it. And, and the wonderful thing about the physical nature of the book is that I can say, oh, here, chapter eight, yeah, this person probably 
I need here and shouldn't have died in chapter 5. So then I can go ahead and flip back to chapter 5, make the note that, yes, no, he's, he's only wounded. Okay, fine. <laughs> But he has gangrene. But he has gangrene, <laughs> and he'll he will die. probably die Later. by chapter 18. <laughs> so you, you have, but you have to do this, and, I, and you have to deal with the book as a whole. And the best way to do that, for me at least, is on paper, uh, and, and to have it physically in my hand. And then I can go back through and make those changes on the on, on the document in the computer. But I need to deal with the text as a whole. And, now, I, and I'm the same way. One of the things that I do at that point is, for example, I will take a I'll take a chapter by chapter breakdown and I'll tell who my point of view character is and I'll put them in one color and who the other characters are that appear and put them in other colors so that I can see you know visually uh, make sure I don't have a character who's dropping out for example um, or a character who's taking too much time in the novel you know all the sudden. You can visually see it. I can it. visually see it yes mm -hmm. and, and there's a couple of different ways to visually look at it. Now uh, this level of editing at least for me I, I always like to give several weeks, if not a couple of months, while I'm working on some other project before I come back and do this shotgun edit. Because I, I as it is, yeah. I, I, I look at it and, and it's still too fresh in my head. And I think, well, this, of course, I don't need to edit it. It's wonderful. I just finished writing it. And if I come back later, I can see all of the glaring wounds and horrible things yeah. that are wrong with it. Okay, yeah, so it's important that you let the text cool. Mm -hmm. to, yep, yep. Let the text cool. Yeah, it has to set up like your Jello mold. You know, you have to leave <laughs> it in the fridge for a while before it's going to actually do anything. All right, is there another level of revision after this one? You know, for me, there are. Uh, there's there's a couple of things that I look at. I might look very closely, for example, at the voices of my characters, because when I start writing a novel, very often the character um, is kind of not very firm in my mind. They they grow. They change a little bit. So for me, I want to make sure that my character's voice is consistent and that their uh, dialogue tags are consistent, or if I've got tags about the way that they look, that they're consistent, their hair color, their eye color. So I go through and I'll just search for the name of Mirama, for example, in my book and make sure that she has the same voice, the same kind of, uh, uh, you know, her character arc is growing and, and that type of thing. So I do a character by character edit, okay? Okay, so as a question, everyone here on the panel, how many edits does a, how many, how many different states of revision does a typical book go through for you? For me, six. That's, that's I think I'm about the same, six or seven. Six is sort of my minimum, sometimes eight or nine, depending upon how many times I want to go through it, yeah. Three, I get bored. I <laughs> however, however, you know, I, I also do things like uh, send it down to my parents to have them read through it to find the grammatic errors because they've always been really good at pointing out things when I've done them wrong. <laughs> and, uh, and that's a good point, though, because one yeah. of the steps of editing is to get it away from you and start getting fresh eyes on it and mm -hmm. getting fresh viewpoints on it. And, uh, and usually, after I have made my first couple of edits, my triage, a shotgun, I'm ready to send it out and start getting real people uh, crabbing about my mistakes so that I can say, oh, you know, I kind of wondered about that. Yeah, it doesn't work, I guess. We all have a blindness for our own text, too. Yeah. When we look at it, we think it's on the page, mm -hmm. and we're just sure we've written it yeah. when it really just played out in our head. And it's important that you have somebody who doesn't have the familiarity that you do with this story to actually point out the fact that, no, you didn't put that scene in that you thought you had.
had and that you love so much. That, that it is missing. And so you need that extra set of eyes, that fresh set of eyes on, on something that you do. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, Howard, I, I don't want to do a revision episode without giving you a chance to say your catchphrase. So, uh, I don't know. Luxury. <laughs> okay. Well, I, you know, I mentioned the bonus story earlier where I actually had the... Uh, uh, the great misfortune of discovering I was trying to tell the wrong story after I had already, after I had already drawn some pictures. Uh, oh, I hate, I hate throwing away art. Um, but uh, I do, because they were the wrong pictures and it was the wrong story. Uh, but for the most part, um, I outline just well enough that um, I can discovery write my way from beginning to about two-thirds to the middle without having to throw anything out. And then I, uh, I, there is no rewrite. There's just, there's just a strong outline, and I'm a genius. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I make a lot of mistakes. I look back at things that I've written, and I think, you know what? It sure would be nice if I could go back and just fix that character right there, because that's that I never would have put that in if I'd known where this book was actually going to end up, um, you know, being read by a human being. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. Well, uh, I think that we are done with this episode, so this time we are going to throw the surprise writing prompt at Dave. Okay. The writing prompt this week will have to do with rewriting. I want you to take the climax of your of your story and really look at it and say, do I have all of the necessary scenes leading up to this climax to create it so that it's emotionally powerful? What did I leave out? Find out what you've left out of your story. You've almost always left something out. All right, you are out of excuses. Now go write. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.